Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thank you for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 41, and I had a great talk with Evan Kidd. He is a filmmaker, writer, director um, of, well, most recently of a movie called Son of Clowns. But don't let the name fool you. It's not a horror story. I know a lot of us do not like clowns at all. But <laughs> it's actually, uh, it's a, how would you describe this? A narrative drama, I suppose. Although there are moments that are fun and funny. Um, it's a more serious film, I would say. And uh, Evan was kind enough to chat with me over Skype about the process of making the movie and movies in general and what it's like to write and direct and his background. He recommends film festivals and all sorts of things. So, so it was a good chat. Um, the usual stuff, of course, please rate, review, subscribe to Hey Human on iTunes. It's super helpful. I have noticed that a couple people have put up reviews recently and I really, really appreciate it. Um, also, I got this idea from Chris D'Elia on his podcast, uh, which is called Congratulations. It's a fun podcast, uh, but he had a great idea. He said, hey, everybody listening to the podcast, snapshot a picture of the podcast and um, like on your iPhone or whatever, you know, the little icon or whatnot, and get it out there in the world. Tell your friends to listen. Spread the word. It's really... It really helps um, get the word out, and I so appreciate it. And thanks to Crystalia, who I don't know, but it's a really good idea. Next time you're in Nashville, man, I'll buy you a cup of coffee for the idea. Uh, what else? Let's see. I'm on the iTunes and all the social media and Stitcher and Blueberry and Podbean, all the places, heyhumanpodcast.com. I put a ton of links up for this episode and also for uh, episode 40 uh, when I talked to uh, to John uh, Angelos. Uh, so lots of links to look at from all the episodes. And I wanted to bring up too, um, before we get started with Evan, that I went to see Annie Waugh after she was on my podcast. And she talked about all the different modalities that she does, therapeutic modalities. And I went and uh, had a session with her. And it was, I'm not kidding, incredible. It was so incredible. And <laughs> it's funny because right after my session with her, I went to a friend's house for chili. And one of my friends that was there looked at me and said, did you just have sex? And I started laughing. I said, no, but I just had the most amazing session with Annie Waugh. And I've told all my friends to go see her. I'm not getting paid to say this, by the way. This is just straight up facts. This woman, I don't know, man, it is some good, good stuff. So check her out, anywa.com. The link's on the Hey Human podcast. Um, yeah, she's the bomb, for real. Anyway, um, all the good stuff, as usual. Just keep listening, keep spreading the word. Super duper appreciate it. Um, I mean, I, this, this is so much fun to do. And by the way, Friday is my last day at my day job, and um, I, I do, you know, I, I write songwrite for a living as well. Um, but my day job is 
is going to be done, completely done, and I will be able to do all this creative stuff full time. So the podcast and my songwriting and my performing and all that, I'm really excited. And for those of you who are going, wait, performing? I didn't even know. I'm also a songwriter and a a performer and all that stuff. So you can find me on uh, iTunes under Susan Ruth if you want to check out my music. Super cool. But that's not really what this is about. This is about the podcast. So I'm really excited to have time during the day to to go talk to people. There's a lot of people that I've wanted to get on the show and our schedules are just conflicting because I didn't have the ability to do it during the day. So now I do and I'm really excited about it and I'll even be able to travel to places to talk to people. Some good stuff coming up in future episodes and great stuff already happening in previous episodes. So if you haven't gone back through, um, through the different you know, I mean, gosh, let's see, if this is episode 41, it's 41 weeks. That's a lot of weeks worth of episodes. So if you haven't binge listened or anything, go back to the beginning. There's some really great uh, conversations I had. Ruby Amanfu and um, Adam Shelby was a great conversation. And William Puckett, who does UFO researching and just good stuff. Anyway, enough about all that. Uh, let's get to it. This is... Evan Kidd, director and writer of the movie Son of Clowns, and uh, yeah, enjoy. Hi, Evan Kidd. Hey, how you doing? I'm well, thanks. Welcome to Hey Human. Yeah, glad to be here. Yeah, so you are many things, a writer, a director. Do you act as well? Um, not well, I guess. <laughs> I'm here and there, like Hitchcock cameos, but yeah, yeah more, more behind the camera. You let everybody else do the stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's good. So... Uh, you sent me your information, and I watched your movie, Son of Clowns. It's very dark. It's got like this very dark thing. My Honestly, my favorite scene in the whole movie was that last, the monologue, mm-hmm. where he redeems mm-hmm. himself, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah, that was cool. What, what brought you to write such a dark film? <laughs> I mean, you kind of start rooting for him about halfway through, like, this guy's yeah. kind of a dick. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of wanted—I kind of wanted to write a film that was, you know, a mixture of a character that you kind of don't want to like at first, but then you kind of eventually, you know, fall into. You know, they say in filmmaking, if you want to know someone, you make them your main character, and so you know, especially for someone who is kind of like dark, like Hudson and Son of Clowns, um, you know, you want to make sure that you know he's relatable, but at the same time, if you, if you're not going to root for him, you want to give the audience a reason why they should root for him later on. And, uh, you know, a great show that kind of did that really well was Breaking Bad. And, uh, you know, obviously you're not the biggest fan of Walter White by the end of the story. So it kind of goes in reverse of what I did. I kind of started out with someone who was a little unlikable. Yeah. um, And then kind of eventually redeems himself throughout the course of the story. Yeah. I kind of wanted to challenge myself because a lot of the stuff I wrote prior to Son of Clowns was, you know, more heroic, more traditional characters. And so I kind of wanted to, you know, mix it up a little bit. The anti-hero. Yeah, exactly. There was a theme that, that picked up about halfway through the movie that when, uh, I don't want to give anything away, but um, that has to do with silence and listening and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, But it felt like you didn't really carry it all the way, th- like that, that character to me, that mm-hmm. woman, you know, she was sort of like a guru in a way, yeah. you know. And I, I don't know if, it, I felt like at the end when he gave his monologue, I was like, oh, he did hear her. But he didn't give any indication. <laughs> yeah, I was like, he kinda, he, did he, he hear anything she said? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, he, that was an interesting scene, the scene between Hudson and Ellie, because Ellie is kind of a, a guru character in a way, and uh, she, she's, you know, the side of Hudson that he doesn't have, and so, you know, Hudson is very closed off, he's very, you know, in his own head, he doesn't really associate with a lot of people, because he's always doing his own thing and kind of struggling on the inside, Yeah. and then Ellie is just so busy with her life, and, you know, she's, you know, doing all these other things that a lot of times she's a little more observational than he may be, and so she can kind of point things out yeah. that are kind of glaringly obvious. You see, people can see things right away that, you know, could take you years. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what I was hinting at there. And then obviously the monologue at the end of the movie you're talking about, you know, he does kind of figure it out. He yeah. does kind of uh, get into his groove, and, you know, he definitely has Ellie to thank for that. Yeah. How long did it take you to make the movie? Uh, so the movie was shot really fast. We shot it in 10 days, so that's a super grueling, crazy schedule, yeah, especially for a feature, uh, which was my first feature, so, you know, we really didn't know how that was going to go at the time. We'd done, you know, shorts and, uh, you know, other little projects and documentaries, but, you know, as far, as far as, like, a full feature film, this was it, and so, you know, we were really kind of figuring a lot of stuff out as we went, but, you know, we, we planned really well, I think, beforehand, so, mm -hmm. you know, we had a very tight kind of two-week window over those 10 days to shoot and so we really only had like two or three days off and everything else was prepping and shooting and like you know mastering that script to the best that it could be uh and so you know definitely learned a lot along the way so hopefully you know for round two for the aspiring filmmakers yeah what what, what are some of the things you learned that you can impart on others I would say definitely don't shoot it in 10 days if you don't have to. <laughs> that would be <laughs> number one. I mean, it was, it's not impossible. It's definitely doable, as we kind of proved. But at the same time, uh, you know, I've been shooting a new project lately, uh, and I've been taking a lot, you know, more time with it. And I was like, man, this is uh, feeling pretty nice, you know, to be able to <laughs> not go so fast. And, you know, but I think we, we did something interesting by going that fast. Like, I, I think the interesting fact about that is, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of time to second guess ourselves mm -hmm. and we didn't have a lot of time to kind of get lost in the minutiae of everything mm -hmm. and so more or less I, I feel like it, it yielded some really interesting results that we might not have gotten uh, in a more traditional you know sense um, but yeah that process of you know independent filmmaking like you know we shot this at a micro budget level which basically means we had no budget like like a thousand bucks was pretty much it and we like raised a little bit like to distribute it later um but like really it was just gas and food and like everyone volunteered for this film like it was a labor of love through and through like no one i don't think thought at the beginning that we could maybe pull this off but ourselves like i think other people might have been like yeah we'll see how that goes but like i think the only people that really believed in it were the people who were in the project and so you know i think that's what made it special what did you shoot with uh we shot it on a canon c100 Okay. So it's a pretty solid camera. It's, uh, you know, kind of a higher-powered cousin of a lot of the, like, DSLR cameras you see a lot in uh, kind of shorts and, you know, micro-budget cinema. But it gave us a nice look. My cinematographer, Ned Phillips, that was his personal camera. And uh, I think it, it was, you know, a good choice, technically. Yeah, I thought visually everything played off nicely. It, it yeah. you know, it felt like an indie film, but that's a compliment. You know what I mean? Like, it felt like... It wasn't oh, trying to overdo itself with anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it, I, I think that, you know, we, we wanted to keep 
the story complex, uh, but the execution and the premise simple. Yeah. You know, keep it accessible for people because, you know, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of, you know, giant aliens and explosions and all that kind of crap that we see. I, I mean, love it's fun, aliens. sure. <laughs> Oh, Aliens, if it's done right, I will say that. Yeah, if it's done right. I'm a good sci-fi film nerd, but I think a lot of times the easy way out is taken uh, more often than not. And so I think it kind of, we have to challenge ourselves as an audience to like look for higher quality aliens. Because like we can make higher quality alien films, but I feel like lately, like Independence Day 2, Cough Cough, like that just was not a wonderful film. Yeah, I couldn't bear to go see it. You don't need to. Yeah. Yeah, you no, no, nothing missed. Yeah, I'm kind of a purist um, with those movies. Like, you know. Yeah. I did love, I loved Cowboys and Aliens. I thought that was a great Oh, I did too. That was, that was a fun little experiment. Like, it was, like, a little bit flawed as a movie, but, like, as a premise, I I just loved the fact that that existed in the world. Me too. So, who are some of your favorite filmmakers? Um, my list is often too long to, to name in, in, you know, any particular order, yeah. but I'll throw a few. Uh, Destin Cretton is probably a guy I really like a lot lately. He's kind of an independent film guy. Uh, kind of came up through, you know, South by Southwest and mm. Sundance and all that stuff a couple years back. But he had a short, or a short, yeah, originally a short film called Short Term 12, which he later adapted into a feature. Uh, and I thought that was just one of the best films I'd seen in the last, you know, 10 years. It's very it simple in premise. Yeah, it's on uh, Netflix streaming, uh, I believe. And uh, it's just absolutely phenomenal. And it kind of encompassed everything I want to make yeah. when I make films. I mean, it was uh, it's about like a foster care facility and, uh, you know, just the staff taking care of the kids and the kids kind of taking care of the staff. And it was just such a simple concept. Like there were maybe four or five locations in the whole film. Yeah. Um, but they just really had a strong story. And I think that's kind of the thing I, I go back to a lot, both, you know, in films I watch and also in my own is like, you know, is your story strong? Can your story stand up on its own two feet? You know, kind of going back to the CGI aliens, like that's all lovely. But if you if you don't have a good story for those cgi aliens then kind of what are they doing there sure who um so did you the minute you hit the ground running sort of thing did you think i want to be a director and a writer or is that something that came to later or did you go to school what's your background i just i always loved yeah i always loved playing with the camera that was kind of what did it at first so i guess in a weird way cinematography um which i still do to this day not as much on my own narrative projects but you know I shoot music videos and uh, kind of like experimental stuff on the side and so like I usually operate camera on those but like for the more bigger stuff like Son of Clowns or you know my last shorts you wouldn't expect or Displacement Welcome to like all those I get cinematographers for just because it frees me up to direct but yeah I think at the end of the day now uh, writing and directing is my passion and my calling just because I love world building and I love you know creating characters and then like being on set with the actors and having the chance to actually have a conversation with them because you know it's not just show up and run the lines and go home it's like have several skypes have several coffees try and like talk it out on set beforehand like i love that process because you know it is very uh labor intensive but at the same time i think it gives you a chance to really have some interesting conversations you know with your actors kind of what you want to do with the character how do you want to develop it and uh, kind of what do you want to see through the film did you go to school for it yeah, mm-hmm. oh, okay. I went to uh, East Carolina University back in my uh, home state of North Carolina. Okay, cool. Now, I saw that, that Son of Clowns is making the rounds through mm-hmm. festivals and stuff. How's that going? 
It's going really well. We've uh, played in several countries. We've played a whole bunch here in the U.S. Uh, we've actually just kind of wrapped up the festival touring uh, at the top of this year. So really 2016 was the big year for most of that. Um, we shot the film in the summer of 2015 and like edited it for several months uh, until the top of 2016. And then we basically spent... 2016 just pushing that film out there to as many people that would take it and uh i think you know we played some really cool fests and you know in the uk the highlight was the uh, chichester film festival uh had a you know cooperation in that through the british film institute bfi so that was a huge deal uh and then here in the states uh my favorite festival we played among many you know it's so hard to pick but uh Kukaloris film festival that was one in wilmington north carolina that you know, was was everything a film festival should be. Like, What's it you know, called? Te- uh, Kukaloris Film Festival. I would highly recommend anyone check it out. It's a weird name, but uh, they're just... They make films and program films uh, that filmmakers want to see, but also that audiences, you know, don't get a chance to see. And that's, that's what I love. It's very unique in their programming. Yeah, that's awesome. So did you have to raise money to go to these places so that you could... Yeah, yeah, I mean that's the thing when you when you have an independent film like we did that was really shot for no budget. I mean, there's no studio bankrolling your trips or anything like that. Like that's what's awesome about Kukaloris because they're the uh, film festival you know of a higher tier, and they were you know very adamant about supporting their filmmakers. So you know they flew you out, put you up, uh, wow. offered you yeah what you needed. I mean they were there for you, and I mean that's what blew me away because I've done festivals with this film that a lot of times I had to tap the projectionist and be like, hey, are we still on time to you know, play this? And I won't say which festivals, but like that happens a few times, and it, it's unfortunate. And you know, majority of the time that doesn't happen, but like when it does, it really makes you appreciate those bigger festivals that really go out of your way to you know, accommodate the artist. Because, I mean, you know, a lot of times, like I've had friends that tell me horror stories, like they'll go to a festival and, you know, they'll have flown halfway across the country for it, you know, spent 500 bucks on a plane ticket, put themselves up in a hotel for three nights and like four people came to their screening and like, you know, it wasn't promoted well. And I mean, that's just not the type of thing you want to know about. Um, and so, you know, festivals are tricky. I think there's a million now. So it's, it's hard to, you know, sometimes when you're starting out distinguish what's worth it and what's not. Um, but I think if you, if you look at reviews and you look at, you know, just talk to other filmmakers who've made the rounds, like that's what helped me the most this, uh, go around. Cause I didn't spend as much money submitting because I really just found the ones that, you know, for the most part, um, we're, we're worth it and you know we're interested in all that and so you know i think that's the thing with festivals is just try to find ones that program stuff similar to your film and program stuff that you know you would want to see as an audience so so what festivals would you recommend to people who are just now going okay i want to get into this i don't really know a lot about what i'm doing but i want to go suss it out and yeah. then write my movie or whatever what would be a great experience for people to go to Maybe a little bit higher end and a little like medium, you know what I mean? That where yeah. they would learn the most and people are the most, I guess, giving of their back and time. forth energy and right. time, you know, where you can actually walk up to somebody and say, hey, you know, let me buy a cup yeah. of coffee or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I've raved on it, but that that is Kukaloris, like the networking. Uh, it's in Wilmington, North Carolina, which was really close to where I grew up, like two hours away. So that was a really cool excuse to go home. Um, 
because I'm in Louisiana right now, so that's a little ways away. And so, you know, that that's a highlight. Uh, Longleaf Festival in my hometown of Raleigh, North Carolina. That's a, another festival that's uh, on its third year now. And, it, and for being in its third year, uh, it is growing extremely well. And so give it 10 or 15 years, and I'm going to be really excited to see what it turns into. Uh, other festivals, you know, it really depends where you live. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're around the East Coast and the Southeast, there's a whole bunch. Kind of that's where I'm operating around. Um, you know, Georgia's got a lot. Yollywood's a great festival. Atlanta Film Festival is great. New Orleans Film Festival is one of my favorites. Um, obviously, New Orleans is an awesome town. You know, you can't not have fun in New Orleans. Yeah. So you throw a film festival in there. It, it's just When does that happen? Awesome. It's in the summer? It happens in the fall. Oh. So I just went to it this past year. I didn't go with my film, but I just went as a spectator because, like I said, I live down here, so it's super convenient, and it's just always a really fun time. Like, you meet people. Like, you don't even have to be a selected filmmaker, you know, to go hang out with people. You just, all you have to do is go in with an open mind and just talk to people. That's and, like, cool. a lot of people are willing to give you, you know, advice or talk to you or just give you a few minutes. Like, you know, that's what it's about. Like, I don't think there's a point in going to a festival, you know, even if you're the biggest to do filmmaker in the world. Like, I don't think there's a point of going if you're not going to kind of open yourself up to questions and, you know, share anything you can with people younger, older, however. You know, I think that's, that's the most enjoyable part. I had a friend, uh, I have a friend who's in film and TV, and he comes mm-hmm. out to the Nashville Film Festival from L.A. a lot, you know, every year. Yeah. And, and uh, one year he's like, oh, you should come, I'll, I'll get you a pass um, to just mm-hmm. go to a day if you want to. I was like, oh, that'd be great. And so afterward, after the day of events, I went and, and to the bar at a hotel nearby, the, the hotel where I, a lot of people were staying and stuff. I was like, right. oh, I'll just go sit at the bar because... Everyone has conversations at the bar. And I went and sat down, and I started... There was a guy next to me, just a regular-looking dude. We started talking, and uh, he told me his whole life story. He was a really nice guy about how when he met his wife, when they were in high school, and, you know, da-da-da, and then how he, you know, he's, he's really spent his whole life being a creative and all that. And I was like, oh, so you're here for the film festival? And he said, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I was like, well... Do you have a film I may have heard of or anything? Because it it's an indie film festival. Mm. He's like, yeah, let's see. Uh, Wanted, uh, 310 yeah. Yuma. And I was like, <laughs> Like the nicest guy in the world. Yeah, those are, and he's just super yeah, chill. Yeah, those are pretty big films. <laughs> yeah, super chill, talking. Like just the nicest guy. That's awesome. And I thought that was That's so awesome. wonderful because, you know, I didn't want anything from him other than great conversation. So... You right. know, maybe he sensed that I wasn't like, will you take my script or something? Cause I didn't know. Yeah, that's and that's kind of the thing too. Is like, you know, I wouldn't go to film festivals like, you know, trying to sell like your script. Uh, there are film markets for that and like conventions and stuff. And a lot of that goes on behind the scenes with people you might meet somewhere like a film festival. Um, but I think if you go to a film festival with that in mind, you might be getting into it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. I think a lot of it is just just trying to impart wisdom and like make connections that you then could follow up on and yeah. you know, develop stuff with. Yeah. I always feel like in situations like that, at least from my perspective, cause I'm in the music industry that it's always best to show up and listen. Yeah. Stop yeah. talking. A lot of people just, talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's exciting. So what happens next with the film and what, what's your yeah. next project and what's going on yeah. with the future? 
Yeah, so the film is officially done with uh, touring, so it's officially on Amazon Prime right now. So that's exciting, and uh, I've never had a you know film on the platform, so I'm really excited about that. If you just go on Amazon and you search "Son of Clowns," uh, you can stream it free if you have Prime, which I feel like everyone has Prime because of the shipping. So <laughs> if you and if you don't have Prime, it's like one ninety nine to rent, so it's like cheaper than a cup of coffee. So yeah. um, you know, I'll throw that plug out there, sonofclowns.com. You can find all that you know good stuff and. Uh, after you know now that that's all done that came out in november so we're, we're just promoting it really good and you know trying to get it out there right now now that it's uh, officially released and yeah. so uh, i'm doing a new series called home remedy in uh, baton rouge louisiana where i'm at right now and so that is kind of a five-part uh 20 minute series of so each episode's 20 minutes and it's kind of a comedy drama a little more on the comedy side than son of clowns because son of clowns was a comedy drama but i think it lended a lot more towards drama and this one's kind of more of an even split and so this is going to be yeah five 20 minute episodes we're doing it same way independently no huge budget uh just making it because we want to and uh, that'll be out later this fall in 2017 and also on amazon prime so amazon prime is like kind of our our new home for media and i love it so how do you get on stuff like that do you just make a phone call or yeah yeah you gotta call the the amazon prime santa no i'm just (laughs) you you gotta it's not actually that difficult right now i think it used to be very difficult um you you have to use video direct which is a platform that basically says you are in control of promoting your media distributing your media and uploading it and providing all the tools and assets so you have to subtitle your whole movie in order to get it so that's the biggest barrier but if you're okay with either paying someone to do that or doing it yourself which is what i did for son of clowns i just subtitled the whole movie and that took so long i don't even care to comment on that it took just hours and hours and hours because you had to like put the timestamp of you know this minute uh, plus seconds to this one have t- have the text and then you know go to the next one for every line that someone said in the movie oh. and so it was yeah just a long grueling process and so you know the goal is hopefully eventually we'll get bigger and be able to you know hire people to do that but at the moment you know it's kind of like one of those things you you know do as a trade-off as an artist because you know you want to get your stuff seen so it's like you know is it the most fun thing to do to caption your movie no but is it worth it once you get it out there on Amazon for people to see? And then, you know, thousands and thousands of people can see it, of course. And so yeah. you kind of make those calls that way. But um, that's a very long-winded way of me saying I have a five-part series coming later in the year. So What is that called? <laughs> a home Remedy. It's about a uh, door-to-door therapist who kind of practices unlicensed. And so it's about all the kooky people that he goes and makes house calls with for uh, therapy sessions. So it's kind of a comedy. He just knocks on the door and says... Yeah, he has like four, like he has like like no clients, and so he basically you know knocks on doors and eventually builds a roster of very strange people, and there's a lot of you know interesting characters. Oh, hilarious! Yeah, and he does all this like completely illegally under the radar, so he's always like kind of looking over his shoulder, trying to make sure everything's kosher. Oh, that's very funny. Do you use a lot of the same actors that were in the other one? This one, oh, this one's entirely new because mm. uh, all the actors for Son of Clowns were uh, in North Carolina. So that was a North Carolina film. I made that right before I moved to Louisiana uh, two years ago. And so this one is all in Louisiana now, so it's a whole new cast of people. Uh, but there are actually, that you mentioned it, it hasn't been confirmed yet, but if, you, if you're a fan of Son of Clowns, you actually may see like one or two of the actors uh in this new series if they're able to kind of come down and just crash at my place and kind of visit so what made we'll you move see there? how that goes 
Uh, the film industry, that was, that was the biggest thing, and, and a job offer. Uh, at the time, I was, I was doing cinematography a lot more, and so I was kind of doing that uh, more to make money. And so, you know, there's good money in being a cinematographer. Uh, but it, uh, eventually, I left the job I was at just because, you know, for me, the, the corporate world um, in the job I was in wasn't really doing it. Plus, I had to go promote Son of Clowns for a year on the festival circuit. So I kind of just took a leave and uh, didn't look back. And, you know, I, I like doing corporate projects. I still do them from time to time. And, like, if I found the right setting, I would totally go back. But, like, for me, uh, it, it was just kind of a moment where I needed to jump off a cliff and uh, try something new. And so, yeah, that, that's what landed me here. And then since then, you know, I've experimented a lot with the local film scene down in Louisiana. And there's a lot of support and a lot of interesting people. I've actually made two documentaries like on the back burner while I've been down here in wow. addition to this series. So it's like a, a, a plethora of, you know, opportunity to just jump into crazy stuff, which uh -huh. I love. So That's cool. So explain yeah. for people listening who may not know, um, what is the difference between cinematography and let's say director yeah. photography and director mm -hmm. and those are all very different yeah. things. It depends on every set, like big sets, like, you know, Transformers movies or, you know, Steven Spielberg stuff. Like, that's going to have, you know, a designated director of photography, multiple camera operators, and, you know, this, this, and that. Uh, you know, for something like my film, Son of Clowns, uh, you know, we our DP was the camera operator, DP standing for director of photography. He was the cinematographer. That's kind of all interchangeable terminology and then you know so the cinematographer is like the one who touches the camera and operates the camera mm -hmm. um on a big big set they wouldn't be they'd have like people under them doing that but like on a smaller indie set usually that's the way it works and tv usually that's kind of the way it will work and so that's that's what that means and the director traditionally doesn't touch the camera uh, you kind of say, okay, line up this shot this way and kind of frame it this way, and then you'll take uh, you know some back and forth and advice uh, with your cinematographer. But really the director is in charge of really staging things, getting everyone where they need to be, and then making the actors' performances what they need to be with the actors and working with them mm. and getting the story right. That's that's their biggest jobs. And so it's definitely different. Like I've, I made a short film where I was the cinematographer, um, you know, like I said, I, I, I did that for a living for years and like, you know, I still can do it. You know, mm -hmm. it's just, it frees you up a lot more when you have someone else holding the, you know, doing the technical button pushing. Yeah. So you can do more of the creative stuff, uh, with the actors. So, you know, is it the, like some people really like to do cinematography and direct like Robert Rodriguez, he's a big mm -hmm. filmmaker. Uh, he loves that. And I think, you know, some, it's, it's actually really fun. I like to do that, but it's, it's a lot more stressful. So it depends, you know, what kind of, uh, burden and load do you want to put on yourself in terms of your you know work? And yeah. And I think when you go to see the finished product too, a lot of people, like they're watching the film, they don't even realize just how much has gone into every little yeah. bit. The lighting in a movie, the cinematography, right. like the long shots versus the short or how something mm -hmm. pans around and all of that is telling your brain to feel something. Exactly. And it, it's just, it's so, it's such an art. Definitely. It's definitely an art form. And I think, you know, a lot of times it is very easy to forget and that's kind of its job is to not be loud and, you know, saying, hey, look at me, flashy, you know, sometimes that's, that's fun in cinematography. Uh, but other times, it, its job is to make you forget it's there. Yeah. And that's when it does its job the best. I mean, that's the, the same with editing. You know? I think about that um, with actors, too, especially in those very poignant moments, very emotional mm -hmm. moments, when, as a, as a viewer, you're watching this actor 
being this person having this breakdown or whatever it is or getting so emotional and or so intense or so angry or whatever it is and if you were to pan out into the room you know there'd be 30 people in there but you think you're just watching two people interact or one person to me that that's something that that is such an art form too that that actor can get into that place where all that other stuff that's actually happening around him or her it's like what <laughs> you know it's yeah. so astounding because you don't really think about that obviously we shouldn't be thinking about that when you're watching a movie but in no. reality there's so much going on and yet they've captured this thing that your brain is only seeing what you're mm-hmm. seeing and not yeah. thinking about all the other stuff it, it puts you in there 110 yeah. percent. i love that that's yeah. what drew me to cinema is just you know being able to tell those stories and like work with the actors and really, you know, lose yourself in the story. Like, yeah. that's the best part, you know. I mean, how, how often do we all go to the cinema, go to the movie theater, you know, throw down $10 and, like, $5,000 for popcorn and finally get our seat and, uh, you know, just sit there and we just kind of float away for two hours. And, yeah. you know, that's, it's, it's a dream. People don't that. realize they're paying a dollar per kernel. That's why. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, popcorn costs, like, you know, as much as it costs to make our film, essentially. Yeah, crazy. That's <laughs> my terrible joke on the inflation of movie theater. It's uh, true. That it's very expensive. Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, I'm so excited for you. There's there's lots coming. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, on the on the podcast website, of course, I'll put links to everything. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, how so they can watch Son of Clowns on Amazon Prime. Yeah, Amazon Prime and uh, sonofclowns.com. If you go there, you can like learn more about the film and kind of watch behind-the-scenes videos And mm-hmm. if you're into all that. And then there's also a big button that's like watch on Amazon Prime, so you can just click that and it'll that's... take you where you need to go. Is uh, that film autobiographical, autobiographical <laughs> in any way, or did you know a guy uh, yes like that? No. Yeah, I know, and it's a combination of stuff I've went through and other people that I cared about went through. So I kind of fused it all together. Mm. And, you know, it, it's it's as much of a story about, you know, caring for someone who's struggling as it is about being someone who's struggling. And so I think, you know, it's an interesting blend of all kinds of stuff. So I think you go into that movie, no matter what kind of direction you're seeing it from, I think you'll, you'll get something from it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, thank you so very much. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, definitely, everyone, go check out Son of Clowns on Amazon. And, yeah, and Evan uh, Kidd. Let's uh, hopefully we'll see your name up on Marquis. <laughs> yeah, that'd and, be cool. And, the, and check out too. It'll when does the series come out? Uh, the series is going to come out this fall, so we don't have a date just yet, but later in the fall. Okay, that's awesome. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right, see you later. Bye. Take care. Bye. <laughs>